Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Hi, it's uh, Chris Howard here from Lace Partners, and this is the HR on the Offensive podcast. This is a podcast in which we talk to uh, varying different individuals about um, HR-specific topics around transformation, HR technology, but specifically around um, how HR can, as we call it within a research report that we produced earlier on in the year, step out of the shadows. Uh, I've got Emma Leonis with me today. Hello. Hey, Chris. From the the other side of the desk. We want, I want to have a chat with you about one of the specific topics in the mm. HR on the Offensive White Paper. Um, and we've actually just done a video on this. So um, it's fairly, uh, fairly resonating quite closely with us. So um, I wanted to talk to you about the jack of all trades yep. uh, section. So yep. uh, for those of you that may be listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, we uh, produced a podcast, sorry, a, uh, a white paper in June. Uh, it focused on four key areas and two enablers in which the HR profession and senior HR professionals can really demonstrate their added value to a business. And so I think what, what I really like about the HR on the offensive um, white paper was it's looking at, you know, how does HR position itself as a, you know, at the key of the strategic business conversation, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about specifically about the jack of all trades. If you can just give me a bit of a synopsis as to what that particular section talked about, and then I'll fire lots and lots of questions at you uh, for our listeners. Hopefully I'll get the answers right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So what we were really interested in understanding from the get-go really was what are businesses right now looking at in terms of their core strategic priorities? And then also what are therefore HR's priorities or challenges, depending on, on which sort of way you want to look at it. Because... I think you need to understand that before you can then say, so therefore, what is it that we need to offer to our employees, hence the kind of service offering piece. So through the conversations with with the HR directors, we explored those questions and then sort of asked ourselves, so are we actually trying to be all things to all people? Yes, no. If we are, why is that? And if we're not, why are we therefore not being successful? And I think for me, it was probably more of the, we're not trying to be all things to all people necessarily, i.e. we do know what we need to do, but we're not necessarily prioritizing in the right way. And also we don't necessarily know what success looks like and we can't measure that from Mm. a tangible point of view. So maybe just to kind of highlight some of the, the priorities, and um, I don't necessarily think there's anything surprising in here because it doesn't mirror what um, other external research has found, such as Gartner, for example. But when we asked questions to the HR directors to understand what the business was doing, things such as growth came out. It gets probably Which not- Which you kind of expect. You, exactly, you, would, you would expect that. So that might be, you know, we're looking to um, acquire new businesses, for example. We're looking to build new businesses mm-hmm. in, in new yeah. um, regions. Operational excellence, again, that's not surprising either because... What does that mean? Sorry, what does that actually mean? So for me, there's two elements to this. There's the element of delivering really, really streamlined um, services to be cost efficient, which I think links to one of the priorities, which was cost reduction, because you're always looking to drive cost out of a business where you can. Yeah. But then operational excellence is also, for me, about understanding what your consumer or your employee, in this instance, needs. Mm -hmm. Now, that sometimes actually means an investment. 
Mm. So operational excellence may mean an investment which can sometimes be counterintuitive if you're trying to do cost reduction. The cost reduction side of it, yeah. Which is a very interesting um, conversation for an HR director to have with a CFO. Yeah. Um, or, or the CEO. Not always, not always in line there. I no. Mean, but yeah, no. Go on, sorry. No. Um, so, so those kind of three things didn't surprise me personally when they came out, because again, you know, it's kind of what you'd expect. But I think. What's interesting is if you overlay then the HR priorities um, and challenges, um, therefore sort of linked to that. And talent always comes up, um, but what was particularly interesting was that pretty much every single participant cited a degree of talent as a core challenge and therefore priority for them over the next sort of two to three years or three to five years. And talent in its end-to-end sense, so not just about retaining talent, um, or necessarily attracting them, but it's also about so how do I keep developing and optimizing the critical skills that I need in the workforce? Because we all know that even in five years' time, there'll be very different jobs to what exists today. So how do I keep the pulse of that and yeah. proactively plan to develop the business skills and employee yeah. skills in that space? And invest in the people and invest in making sure that they are um, motivated enough to those jobs that perhaps as jobs evolve, mm. those jobs, you know, they, you can potentially potentially spot that talent and maybe migrating them yeah. into roles that, that change slightly over yeah, time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that was really, really helpful just so that we understood what it was that was happening more broadly in the businesses that where we were speaking to the HR directors to then our, help answer the question, are we being the jack of all trades? And again, I think, you know, what really came out through that was... No, we're not necessarily having an issue with defining the right services. Capacity, yes, is a challenge. It always is. Yeah. And I'll come on to that in a second as to maybe what we need to do, which is the mindset shift, I think. Yeah. Um, but it was more around the prioritization. So if you kind of were to ask a challenge question, it would be, do you know what the three to five things that drive your competitive differentiation in the business and therefore what you need to do in HR are? And if you don't, you need to. Um, because that probably means you're focusing on things that actually, if you stop today, wouldn't necessarily cause massive noise. Mm. Um, so when you've got capacity constraints, the prioritization is the most important thing that you can look at to, to make a change yeah. there. And did the HR directors that we spoke to as part of the report, how many of them, like, or were there many of them that had that focus and they had that kind of viewpoint of the three to five priorities? Or was it, did it surprise you? Was there, did everyone say, yep, yeah, no, we've got that, I don't know. And this is what it is. So the majority of them did have that view. They had a clear people plan, the majority of organisations we, we spoke to, but they did recognise that actually the issue was, even though they know what they need to do, A, they kept saying yes to yeah. other things um, and linked to that they, when they were doing the programmes, like transformation programmes, for example, they never really finished the transformation programme and assessed its success before they moved on to the next one. Yeah. Which links on too to... Too much plate spinning. Yeah, and, too yeah. much plate spinning. Um, and then B, we actually aren't necessarily clear on what success looks like. So yes, we're doing our three to five things and maybe a few more, but we kind of know what the three to five need to be. We do those three to five, but we can't say how successful they were because we weren't, weren't clear on what success looked like from the outset. We didn't necessarily have the right data, both qualitative and quantitative, because it does mm. need to be a mixture of the two, to then say, this is the journey we've been on, this is a success, and this is the outcome. Which from a business standpoint, particularly when you're maybe implementing transformation programs and you know, you're spending money, be that because you want to grow or because you, you know, want to develop talent, whatever your rationale is, the business always wants to see the return. Yeah. Which is one of the challenges. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that ROI piece is 
and it's interesting again as a from a marketing perspective you know i've seen this over the last sort of 10 15 years of working in marketing how that mindset has shifted and certainly marketeers mindset mm. has shifted towards the okay what's the end goal as in delivering value and roi to the business mm. and you work backwards from there let's um Let's sort of switch it up a little mm, bit. Yep. Um, in the report, we asked a question, which was, what is employee experience? Yes. So as a, a very simple marketing bard as I am, um, talking to a, a HR seasoned professional as you are, yep. can you just tell me, what does that actually mean? So what is it? Give, give a, yep. a simple layman's terms, if you like. Yeah, there are a lot of buzzwords out there. Engagement, yeah. experience, employee value proposition. Are they interchangeable? Are they not? They're actually quite different things. Um, so if I maybe take engagement first and then cover experience. So for me, employee engagement, this is all around. So how do I feel? Like what's my emotional state? Mm-hmm. Um, and you, if you get engagement right, I have an emotional commitment to my team, to my boss, to my job. And therefore, if I'm more engaged, I'm more likely to put more discretionary effort in without realising that and therefore deliver more value um, and also ultimately get more enjoyment, obviously, out of the job. At the same time, though, you do need to think about experience. Experience for me is about what's my perception Mm. of what I'm doing or where I'm working or who I'm working with. Um, So it's end to end. It's holistic. It's not just about the system that I use or the job that I have. It's around what what are the tools, what's the work environment that I'm in, so kind of work and place, mm-hmm. what's the type of leadership that I'm part of or that I see, kind of behaviours, etc. And this starts from the first interaction. So when you, you know, had a conversation before you joined yes. Lace, for well, example. I spoke to you. You did speak to me. And you told me how wonderful it was. Oh, you have to say that, so. but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my point is you just might meet someone, you know, a friend of a friend who happens yep. to work somewhere and they say something really great about that place. That leaves an impression with you. All the way through to you may have worked somewhere and you leave. You want that person to have a positive experience of leaving because they then will say positive things about you know, um, where they've worked and it, it just kind of by osmosis then yep. creates a positive The old um, alumni experience. conversation, isn't it? Yeah, so. exactly. It is, it is. And through an experience side, you can measure experience at certain points in the employee life cycle. And again, another kind of concept that has been talked about for a while and, and organisations are using our personas. So you segment your employees, you know, a manager will have a different experience or may need a different experience to a general employee maybe in the employee base you've got different types of employees people that are on your you know shop floors um, in a retail environment mm. have a very different experience to someone who's going to be in the office on a day-to-day basis to yeah. someone who then maybe be i don't know delivering um products out on the road yeah for example yeah or within so, business sorry to interrupt you, yeah. within business where you've got the head office yeah. you've got the the sort of the shared services or the centralized yeah, functions, yeah. marketing team, HR team, finance team, very, very different from those guys that are, again, retail. And exactly, that exactly. And, and when defining experience, I think one of the challenges that HR has had in the past, and we do talk about this in, in our report in a different chapter, is that HR designs solutions based on what it thinks mm. the right solution is. It's not about that. It's about working with the business to design a solution. Mm. So for me, if I'm thinking about how I define an employee experience, I would have a workshop that encompasses individuals from those different persona groups. And then to build the personas, uh, not the personas, to build the solutions, for example, I would involve someone from IT or systems, someone from facilities, someone, yes, from HR, someone from the business, you know, lots of different parties to co-create that Mm -hmm. solution end to end. 
Otherwise, you perpetuate the problem of we think we know what we need to design, so we'll design it, and then no wonder it's not adopted in the right way that we expected it to be. Mm, exactly, and that word keeps sort of popping back in my head, which is the word engagement. Engage in the business, engage in the mm -hmm. stakeholders in the business, the deeper different people yeah. in the business. Don't just be siloed into the look. We are professionals. We know what we're doing, but that yep. doesn't mean that we have all of the answers. And so that's where you engage in, in the rest exactly. of the, people the business as well. Exactly. Cool. Okay. So um, this is just obviously we're just focusing on one section of the uh, of the report today, um, but. The, the this section as well brings up a couple of the key mm. questions that yep. we want to we want individuals. So if you're listening to this podcast, um, you can download the white paper at www.lacepartners.co.uk forward slash H-R-O-T-O, excuse me, get my words out. Um, but I think one of the key things when you read these sort of reports, it's always important to, to have some practicalities in your yeah. mind to take away from it. And for this section specifically, we ask a couple of questions. Yeah. So if you can just go through a couple of those questions. Yeah, of course, of course. This is all in the sort of chapter one around the service offering piece. So I, I talked about one or two of them probably earlier on before we got onto experience, which was, do am I really clear on what those three to five, I mean, you can have more than five things, but... Mm -hmm. don't have a hundred and <laughs> some HR functions do have a hundred mm -hmm. different projects they're working on you know what are the three to five core priorities or initiatives that I need to focus on over the next as you know as an HR director over the next year what are they and then really stand fast with those so that when there's noise in the business oh I need this initiative you can say well you could have that but that comes at a price mm -hmm. we're focusing on these three to five things if that's the one you want which one of these three to five are you going to take off and that comes to being spiky and going yep. on the offensive, which is partly why we called the report what we called. Yep. Called it. You know, getting your elbows out and really starting to be a little bit disruptive. So that's probably one of the main things. Mm -hmm. And then obviously all of that needs to link to a clear people strategy and that people strategy needs to link to the business strategy. And then I think, you know, the other thing would be, you know, what is the employee experience that we're trying to deliver? So again, as we're sort of talking about, how do you define that? It's not HR defining it. Mm -hmm within HR, get the right people, i.e. your employees, those people from risk persona groups in the room, and really help you understand what the challenges are, what they require, you can then define the solutions with them. Mm -hmm. So there's multiple different things that might be the right solution. And actually, sometimes the simplest thing makes the biggest impact. Perfect. Emma, thank you very much. Um, that was really, really informative. Brilliant to talk to. We're obviously going to have a few more conversations about yeah, the different yes. elements of the uh, yep. of the HR on the offensive um, white paper. Yep. This uh, podcast, obviously, we do talk about the white paper. But what we're going to do with this podcast is we will be broadening it out because one of the key things that we're trying to do at Lace is to get people to start, get HR teams to start thinking. And again, this is the moniker that you'll probably hear me use quite a few times on these podcasts. Step out of the shadows. You know, let's have HR be involved in the strategic debate at boardroom level about how you can use your people uh, as the USP. Because as you know, most organizations, if you really start delving into it, the way in which you differentiate yourself as a business is through your people. And so for us at Lace Partners, that's really, really important. So Emma, thank you very, very much for coming on. Um, again, if you'd like to download the white paper, it is www.lacepartners.co.uk forward slash H-R-O-T-O. And I'm sure I will speak to you again soon. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Chris.